everybody. Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. I'm your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you ever wanted to reach out to the podcast for any reason, you can always hit us up on our DMs at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can always uh, check us out as well on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Big Mark Pod. If you ever wanted to donate to the pod, there's a few different tiers there, which I will be soon uh, kind of updating things there. So stay tuned on the Patreon front. Um, good news for everyone there for sure. Um, and again, thanks so much for being here. I always like to like to thank new and old guests for, for joining us here today. Uh, it's, uh, it's always my pleasure, you know, doing this, doing this for everyone. I really appreciate you taking your time to be here with me now, then later, whenever you're listening. Uh, and, uh, I was uh, talking to my buddy Nick the other day, and I was like, "Oh, I should start. I, I should start a new uh, phrase when I when I get into the podcast." So, sit down, and let me take you on a journey to the center of the mind. Uh, we're going to talk about something a little bit more philosophical today. Something kind of interesting that, uh, in fact, a, another friend of mine uh, from work, uh, Chris, my buddy Chris Waterton out there, uh, shout out, shout out, C Dubs. Um, we were talking about this exact topic and uh i kind of delved into it a little bit more so thought i thought i'd throw it out there because it's 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 pretty interesting and have to admit a little bit deeper uh than than we've gone recently and i'm 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 excited here on the big mark podcast anyway uh we've been we've been keeping it nice we've been keeping it interesting but this is gonna be a good one it's called, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the contingency argument today. It's essentially, it's an argument for the existence of God. Um, but to get into things a little bit more, um, just philosoph like philosophy wise, um, there's a couple, couple of terms we should probably kind of go over, uh, just to make sure we're, we're, you know, on the same page. Contingent versus necessary. So in philosophy, uh, these these terms contingent versus necessary are, are exhaustive categories. So it's 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 literally one or the other um, when you when you're, you know, talking about talking about things, you know, the chairs, people, experiences, um, happenings, you know, things that you think about. It's hard. It's hard not to seem um, like derivative or, or deconstructive, but like it's talking about things. Things can either be contingent or necessary. Um, if something is contingently true, it could have failed to be true. So con a contingent or contingency, something that is contingent, um, is, is, is just that it's contingent on existing. It has something, something has to happen before it to, to exist, right? Again, you know, this sweater is yellow, but it could be something, else. it could have been red. It could have not been a sweater. It's contingent on somebody making, choosing to be like, all right, you know, Michael Jordan <laughs> choosing to, to say, all right, I'm going to make a yellow sweater. So the, the reason this exists is contingent again on something. Um, but if something is ne is necessary uh, is necessarily true versus contingently true, so if something is necessarily true, 
it couldn't have failed to be true. So it's one, it's ne- it's it's going to be true. It can also be necessarily false, or in that case, impossible. The opposite. But when something is necessary, and and um, and in is is in that case, it is always that. It will always be that. Um, you know the. I guess it's 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 hard to say because essentially that's what brings us to our argument here because you kind of go okay well then what is necess- then what is necessary right and this is what kind of brings us to this so uh, before we go right into the argument you, uh, another aside here you can't use a contingent to explain a contingent um so like a room full of apples you can't say oh like all right why are the why why is this room full of apples is because you can't say because the room is full of apples, right? Like, why is there God? Because there is God. You can't just say that. Um, but And we are contingencies. Humans are contingencies. We could not exist, right? Like, there's there's a chance that we could not be here, right? So, again, there's very few things that I guess are necessary. So, the contingency argument itself, also known as the cosmological argument, is kind of breaks down into a few different things here. So, again, you have to think about it like this. Everything that exists has an explanation of its existence, right? There's a reason why something is here, basically. Uh, If the universe has an explanation of its existence, that explains that there's something that created the universe, i.e. God. Uh, The universe obviously clearly exists. We can look around, we can see that the universe exists, at least in our... We're perceiving something. Even if it's a fucking simulation, which, which in fact only solidifies this argument, but like... You know, whatever reality is, it exists. Therefore, the universe has an explanation of its existence. Therefore, the explanation of the universe existence is God. That's it. <laughs> and like, it's kind of fucking, it's, it's, it's pretty convincing, right? Like, I mean, you know, when I really think about it, I've definitely had experiences in life. I've grown, you know, grew up. Roman Catholic and raised with that kind of like really domineering um, like idea of religion through school and and, and such and um, God I kind of I had always this inherent feeling that God wasn't this like person dude man with a big long beard essentially in the sky at least invisible even if he even if he didn't have like that which is even harder to personify someone like that but it was always like really hard for for me to believe at any point really that there's like actually a god like that that like at least roman catholics believe in right like that that's this person that's up there that is omnipotent he knows everything that's going on um you can uh he you know chooses the way you're going to be he's you're made in his image uh, anything that ever happens to you is is his doing, good or bad. Um, so, okay, yay, we have, you know, life and, and nature and, and wonderful things. We also have a fucking cancer and tsunamis that kill people and, you know, crazy death and, like, we have to, like, kill other things in life to... to also, so, again, if God is, is omnipotent, he's not wholly good. Like, you know, I was raised... Catholic God is wholly good and wholly omnipotent, but you can't have both because there are bad things in the world. And yeah, there's a, you know, Satan or whatever, but again, in, even in, 
in Catholicism, at least in Christianity, God created like everything, and Lucifer is just like a fallen angel. And the, and again, it's very confusing. But I've again had other experiences, whether it's through psychedelia or just living in life and experiencing love and experiencing beautiful scenes in nature and art and things like that, you know, there's something, there's some channel up there. And, you know, I, I've spoken to it before, the collective unconscious, whatever that is. I, you know, I think myself anyway, I believe that like we are all God, you know, in the sense that like we are consciousness, that that collective consciousness, whatever that, that might be, um, is that because we are kind of, essentially creating the universe in some senses right you know again like we'll set aside simulation theory for now but like you know again if there, there's an observer effect to the universe or things like that or whatever that might be wherever this this wealth like when i say i've observed art whether it's creating it myself or seeing it in a museum or hearing it about in documentaries, you hear about artists that can channel their art, and and they go into it, or they either go into a trance, or, um, you know, Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan and the guitar players, but I'm sure other artists as well speak about this unseen, unknown world that somehow they're open to, and again, most of the time you're accessing it, it's not through like, okay, I'm going to tap into this world right now. It's, it's your, your body is, is, is a channel and you're open to it. And in fact, you're not thinking, I might've said this before on the podcast, but one of our producers once told us, if you're thinking you're stinking when you're playing, when you're playing music, if you're thinking too much, you're not going to be sounding really good. Practice, so practice is important. So then when you do come to the studio or you're playing live, those moments come naturally and you can allow that you can allow that creativity to flow through you. So again, where where does that creativity come from, right? And that's the idea in some senses of the contingency argument is that, you know, another 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 way you can or another name for the contingency argument is the prime mover idea or so that at some point, someone had to like, you know, if we just keep tracing back, you know, whether it's the Big Bang or whatever, you just follow all the energy back to a certain point. Like if it is the Big Bang, which is being questioned heavily, but pretty much, pretty much accepted by mainstream science, there had to be something that started that bang, right? Or like a big crunch is what they think has ha happened, but whatever it is, at some point you can follow it back and keep going, keep going to the beginning of bloody time. Someone had to flick the the pendulum to start it, start it moving. That's essentially the idea, right? And a can like, or take the idea of a cannonball or a cannon, right? Shoots a cannonball and you can tell where the cannonball is in space and you can trace the back in time logically that where that can flew and where it's heading and where and where it went from where it went all the way back to the cannon and you can infinitely splice that time right you can go from point a to b and then in between point a and b you can split that in between you can split that and you can keep splitting that distance in between 
and essentially at some point again leads back to that there has to be like a cannon firing the the cannonball at some point there's also another idea with that 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 reminds me of something i i learned in school that like essentially nothing actually moves in the universe because of that idea like you can you know you can have a, a, a like if you want to go from point a to b you then have to go you have to go from point a to or sorry if you want to go from point a to b you first have to go point a to c but then you have to first go a to d first and then and then can, you can so then you can infinitely segment that 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 space you can keep shortening it shortening and shortening short to essentially nothing actually moves it's a weird philosophical thing i can't even remember what class i would have even heard that in but might have even been high school for god's sakes but that's what that reminds me of but anyway regardless you can keep tracing things back and essentially that in that because you're infinitely tracing it back it proves that that god exists <laughs> Right. So again, God, G-O-D, whatever you want to say might be a different thing. Right. You know, God, God um, themselves, himself, herself, whatever are ourself. <laughs> you know, even Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. But um, the the idea that, again, there there must have been somewhere where where this kind of sprouted from. Right. And it's a it's a pretty compelling argument, and and me, me and my buddy Chris were, were talking about it a little bit, and I looked into the video that that he mentioned uh, about it, and it's it's really interesting. It's a, a I should I should shout out the boys in the video here. Let me just look it up, but it's um it's it's a it's a video that like kind of like essentially looks at all the different arguments for god um i i i didn't watch the entire thing um because it's like over an hour but um i did uh i, I did watch so alex o'connor is the guy who actually uh who actually did the video um and he has it um him and uh joe is the other guy sorry what's uh what's joe's channel here majesty of reason um so that's uh that's the the kind of the co-host, if you will, or the guest um, on uh, on Alex O'Connor uh, and the arguments arguments for God's existence tier list. So again, he does kind of like a ranking, and right off the bat, they talk about the contingency argu argument. They put that at like S tier right away, top tier uh, argument for God, right? Like it's hard to even refute. It's hard to it's hard to even even tease apart too much, right? Because you know, that's, that's the idea that someone, there's a, you know, the, the grand watchmaker that we're, we're looking at this extremely complex thing that is the universe. Like it's an extremely intricate watch that there has to be a watchmaker out there that actually, you know, eventually chose to put out all these pieces together and things. It's not just like pure chaos and pure, just like, complete random chance that we're all here right and the problem with that whole idea though is that i feel like that that really looks into this other other part of human nature right is that we go this can't just be by accident we can't just be here by by random chance you know 
you know, we, our, our, all of our loved ones and all the things that we enjoy can't just be here for no reason. And when all of our feelings and all of our emotions can't just be the the re, the results of chemicals in our brain interacting with each other and then our our reactions to our environment. No way, it can't be that. But a lot of mainstream scientists look at that, look at it that way, right? And it and you can break it down like that, and you can logically look at that, and you can predict a lot of things, right? Like look at look at how Western science and Western medicine is is basically be, based on all those principles. It's a monistic approach, you know. Mind and body are one thing. There is no difference. Everything that you are and that you know are results of chemical processes in your body and brain. That's it. Set doesn't sound like there's no fucking juice to that right like it's tough unfortunately uh it's not to say that it's wrong but there's something feels like is missing with that whole that whole argument right and again you know like i've mentioned i i believe that there's something about there's some higher power if i ever became a mason they asked me to believe in higher power i can say i can say yes it's not going to be your traditional kind of idea but there's something there's there's got to be something going on right and um whether whether that's several forces who knows cuz that's the other thing is you start to bring up you can bring up the same argument um that I had you know when I when I started questioning questioning growing up catholic you know if if god is so omnipotent if god is everywhere and can do everything why does he allow bad things to happen why does he you know why does he punish you for things that he made you do because he created you so what's that about so, but then there's the idea that are there are there evil forces out there right what like does that explain things right and if there is this higher power how and is it omnipotent right like are maybe not like right like the god that i i'm saying like that might be us that might be our collective unconscious again i can't say for sure Maybe that God isn't omnipotent. Maybe that God isn't uh, un un um like untouchable. Maybe there 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 is corruptible potentially in some senses, right? But also, what is good and evil? You know, it really does. It it really does take us down this road. What is good and evil? Are is that all objective or is that all subjective? Right? Do do we just create that because? Again, it, it 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 gives us a narrative. It gives us a or it gives us an explanation there uh, of of why th why bad things happen. But if we are God trying to experience ourselves, right? If each one of us is just you know we're choosing to inhabit this human form in this in this three D reality, if we're choosing to do that, then every experience that it, that exists is is good is inherent is just what it is it's not even good or bad it is it exists and when we live our lives in terms of good and bad right we we superimpose these things these these ideas on this reality that in in some senses not to sound cold cares not for what the fuck you 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 think right yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to surround yourself with like-minded people who most of the time are going to be predictable in, in their behaviors and, it, and it's, it's much more comforting and very safe. And when we were 
when we were humans, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago in smaller tribes, it was a lot easier to kind of be like, okay, we're all in this together. But then when we started again, growing, growing past that, but again, having these, these ideas of, uh, no, this is how I want to do it. This is how it should be done. It gets difficult. It gets difficult. This is the, this is where that, that plane of spiritual and reality do cross because you got to live your life. You really do. I, I, I love the journey into the mind, meditation, spirituality, everything. And if you can integrate that into your life, all the better. If you can lead with love and if you can make decisions with love in your life, that's awesome. But you still got to pay the bills. You still got to put the lights on. So there are times where you got to be like, all right, let's like be responsible. It doesn't mean you have to be fucking serious and stern and hate life and be hateful and aggressive and mean and violent. It's just like, hey, you know, you got to fucking get your hair cut. You got to trim your nails. You got to take care of yourself. Hey, you got to wash your house. You got to wash your house. You got to clean your house. You got to wash your car. You know, you got to put gas in the fucking car to get to work to do your thing. And yes, why do we have to work? Why is there money? Why is there all those things? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yes. There's probably a lot of jobs out there that are kind of like superfluous to human existence. They don't need to necessarily be there. But there are a lot of things that need to be there. You know, we need infrastructure. We need food. We need, you know, entertainment. We need a, a lot of things that are like really essential um, to, to human existence. And basically, you can kind of break it down into those few categories. And every business on, on planet Earth revolves around those few things. Again, food, housing, entertainment, um, and like comfort, like whatever that is, like, I guess like pleasure, right? So those like basic needs, you know, the hierarchy of needs kind of thing, everything, everything surrounds that. So whether it's education, which is just making you smarter to then like get those things to make those things better medicine, I guess that's one of them too, like health medicine, like keeping you health. So gyms and, and like, you know, physiotherapists and all that stuff. So like, again, you can kind of look at that. It all branches into the, into these like basic needs. So we need to work. It's the economy and the crazy money fucking shit that has really, has really messed with everything. Right. That's really just like corrupted things. And, you know, again, who knows how, how much better it was when we were on the gold standard or whatever that is. And I don't want to talk out the side of my mouth because I don't really know too much about about this kind of stuff. But again, at one point, our, our currency or our economy was based on the gold standard in the sense that like money, a dollar was worth like a certain amount of gold. And there was that, that amount of gold existed in a bank somewhere in a vault. And it was just represented by that paper dollar, whatever note, $5 would never No, It represented the gold that you had in your bank. And that moved around there's whatever. But again, when they started going away from that and then tying the tying the dollars to other things, to goods and petroleum, like to petroleum or to like um, the stock market in essence, you know, and things move up and down. Um, that really changed kind of the way things work. Right. And again, you can look at all those needs that I just talked about. 
You can look at, there are maybe some people that exploit some of those needs, right? You know, look at how the renting crisis right now. Look at the financial crisis in general. There's a lot of people that got really fucking greedy that got us into this point. And it sure as shit ain't fair, but it's happening. And maybe that's what that's what happens when you have full free market capitalism too, right? So there's a lot of ways to do it. But generally speaking, you know, when we moved away and, and got into this position, we... Things started to get manipulated anyway. And, you know, there's always been class economies and stuff. But again, this whole this whole conversation can get extremely tangential. You can go very, very deep because obviously we're talking about essentially the nature of reality and the nature of existence. But to get back to the to the contingency argument again. There's not a lot of places to poke holes in it. I'm trying to poke holes in it as much as I can. One of it, you know, essentially is saying that is God, is God uh, a necessary is is God necessarily true? Is 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 God a necess uh, necessity? I guess you could call it that. If you call someone a contingency, now nah, I guess you just is God necessarily true? That's the thing. We don't know that, right? Like, but what this contingency theory is saying is that again something has to precede the contingency at some point. And if the universe itself is contingent on something, that something has to be God. It's pretty tough, folks. So maybe it's us. Again, Jesus said it himself. The kingdom of heaven is within you. So if I'm you and you are me, how can there ever be wars again? That's what Bill Bill Hicks used to say. If we all realize that each one of us was was part of this collective unconscious and, and God experiencing each other and we're all just projections and mirrors of each, of, of each other going through this existence and, 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 and doing this, there'd be no wars. There'd be no reason to fucking kill each other. We could ascend to who knows what kind of who, who knows what kind of reality, who knows what kind of existence when we can all realize like, hey. We're in this 3D reality, maybe for something else, maybe not to just fucking toil away the hours and just work and work to feed feed these needs. Maybe we can find a better way to satisfy these needs that doesn't take take away from each other. And the people that, you know, people that live, it's hard to say. We don't want to get into Brave New World territory. We don't want to get into 1984 territory. Where do we go? Who knows? We're going to utopia. We're going to dystopia. Only time will tell. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Thank you all for listening. Check out the Patreon. Hit us up. DMs, Instagram, Twitter, Big Mart Pod, Big Mart Podcast. Love you all. Take it easy.